Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File, your weekly show inspiring you to lead for Christ wherever you are. I'm Andy Peck, your host, thanking you for joining us. And whether you're listening live or one of the many thousands who listen via the podcast, it's great to have you along. If you're new to the show, a reminder the show is available on demand via premierradio.com or via iTunes or Podbean. My aim with the shows is to provide knowledge, skills and attitudes for a Christian to lead so that God's work is advanced. So do continue to join us and God helping us will flourish in his ways. So to this week, I'm joined by Mike Hill, or more correctly, the Right Reverend Mike Hill, for Mike served as a Bishop of Buckingham in 98 to 2003, as Bishop of Bristol until his retirement from that role in September 2017. But life continues to be busy, and he's now CEO of Global Leadership Network and, uh, and Ireland, which you may know by its former name, Willow Creek Association. The Global Leadership Network run a series of two-day gatherings around the UK and Ireland in October and November every year, the set piece of which is watching recordings of the Global Summit held every August in Chicago. So welcome, uh, Mike, to Leadership File. Oh, thanks, Andy. So your own journey into leadership, Mike? Yeah, um, so um, I guess from fairly young age, I seem to be... Uh, selected to lead so when I was six years old I was made captain of the under nines football team and then in my um, unregenerate youth uh, I guess you could say I I ran a gang of guys um, who looked to me for leadership but I, I didn't kind of it never struck me, you know, I might have what the Bible calls a gift for leadership. Uh, and then I got into my business life and uh, seemed to lead there. And then just when my business career was all headed in the right direction, um, several people stepped off the page and said, have you thought about ordination in the church? And I was pretty clear, no, I really hadn't. I'd become a Christian at the age of 18 and honestly really struggled with church to be quite honest with you in those early days having never been in one before I was converted to the Christian faith and I said why would you think I would want to be ordained they say because the church needs leadership and you're a leader and I guess that was the first time that you know somebody put a kind of question mark into my life a about the direction of my life but b as to what my primary gifting might be and i have discovered now uh, over the years because i have several friends who love me enough to tell me the truth they, that they would say leadership is one of my primary gift areas so I didn't kind of wasn't cognitively aware of that, I guess, till I was in my twenties. But but looking back, I guess people had looked to me for leadership for virtually all of my life. Right. Yeah. What, what, what sort of business were you involved in? Oh, all kinds. Um, yeah. Um, it started off in the printing industry. I had a dalliance uh, with a friend of mine's father who. Um, serviced um, jets, uh, you know, small jet planes, 
uh, and then a dalliance in the clothing industry. And then I guess, uh, you know, what you would call it uh, towards the end of what they would call private equity today. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah. And, um, and um, yeah, and, and then, of course, in the church, it's very interesting to me that for the first 10 years of my ordained life, the church tried its best to make me despise just about everything from my former life as worldly and what they call management. And I couldn't then, and have never understood since, what the um, adverse reaction to management is because management in the end is about people. Yeah. Um, but still, uh, in certain circles now in, in the church, certainly the church in which I serve, the word management is still a boo word. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when did you come across the Willow Creek Association UK as it, as it was? It's now, of course, global Yeah, well, I mean, I came across it because I was the uh, one of the founders of it, I, and I was the first chairman of the Willow Creek Association UK and Europe, as it was in, in okay. those days. That was Nigel Edward Fuse Day? Yeah, that was Nigel's days. Yeah, he was. Uh, he acted as a kind. Well, he, they never gave him a full-time contract. He kind of acted as a contractor, and and they paid him in relation to you know what he what he did and and when he did it. And um, yeah, I mean, before the association, we did one international conference in in. Uh, uh, in Cardiff and in the new what was the brand spanking new then International Conference Centre in Cardiff and that was an amazing time because basically in 1992 I mean who had heard of Bill Hybels nobody I mean we uh, we used to refer to it as the Bill Who conference right. and uh, <laughs> it was just amazing to me we managed to get 1500 people along to their first conference yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, I was a, a kind of early adopter in the sense I was aware just about of 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 things, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd visited um, uh, Willow Creek in 1991, so just ahead of that, and I actually right. got gone there before yeah. before it became popular to do so. <laughs> yeah, I, I went in. I went the first time I went there, which is a remarkable story, but somewhat lengthy for a radio interview. Mm, mm. I. I Ended there up there miraculously in 1989. Oh well, that's And five feet of snow and freezing cold conditions and uh, and it honestly, uh, to use uh, an imported phrase from over the other side of the Atlantic, it knocked my socks off. Yeah, no, quite. Mm. So um, you served you served as bishop for nearly 20 years. Um, I don't know uh, how much you're able to encourage leadership. I mean, I appreciate vicars are leaders, but but some lead better than others, perhaps. And I don't know whether the, some of these philosophies were easily to communicate. No, within the it's it's been a it's been a massive struggle. I started my struggle to try and help the church understand that they needn't be threatened by uh, leadership. I started that in the early 1980s. Uh, it took 15 years for the Diocese of Oxford uh, to adopt the idea that leadership development was important. But one of the things that I came across most in those days was clergy saying to me, we're not leaders, we're priests. 
Okay. And I would reply something like, well, I think the people who sit in the pews of your church are looking to you for some kind of leadership. Yeah. So if you're not prepared to even think about that, you're probably going to let them down mm. a little bit. But still, you know, there was uh, a lot of uh, resistance to that. I mean, my basic, uh, you know, my, my kind of foundational question as a bishop with my colleagues in ministry was, how can I help? Right. You know, bishops don't grow churches. Hmm. Um, I think sometimes they can overestimate their influence. Right, sure. Um, but uh, what bishops can do is they can set the stage so that the people who are at um, local church level can be as good as they could be. And that was my consistent aim in relation to my leadership development. Um, I mean, on top of that, I you know, have been extremely humble to have been invited to speak all over the world, et cetera, et cetera. But in relation to leadership development, my foundational question is always, how can I help? What, you know, what, what could I do so that you could be, you know, the person that God wants you to be doing what Jesus did in the way that Jesus did it? So that sounds like a fabulous question. Um, so, so moving on to the, the Global Leadership Network and the... Yeah. Um, the, the summit that help, happens every August, which is then, um, you know, replayed yeah. uh, in, yeah. in various venues around the UK and Ireland. And some listeners will be familiar uh, with that idea, and, sure. and some some won't, no, no doubt. Um, that that one of the things that impresses me about the conference is it it, it talks about the way in which everyone has an an, an influence, and it uses the leader yeah. leadership with a small L, um, yeah. which gets away from some of the methodology which which which. In terms of leadership being almost like a dictator, which which perhaps some of those um, vicars um, were were kind of bridling against when they said they're priests and not leaders. Well, do you know what? Um, there's a kind of irony here, Andy. And my observation would be, in general, obviously there were some exceptions, but the clergy who shouted loudest and longest against the idea of being leaders were generally the most autocratic when they got back <laughs> okay. home to their parishes. I mean, you know, I, right. uh, I don't know what kind of law of psychology that is, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that, that there is one. Sure. Uh, yeah, but going back to your point, mm. um, we think that leadership is about the exercise of influence and that everybody has influence in certain, you know, in the right context at the right time. So mm. even being a mother or a father, uh, you know, at times is exercising leadership within the home. Um, you know, I, I love it when I hear stories of of junior people in organizations exercising initiative um, and uh, you know in such a way that it it influences and smart leaders of organizations who have uh, employees you know in the kind of lower down the food chain I think good leaders celebrate it when people who are uh, you know, generally thought not to be leaders in the organization, exercise influence. The other point that you hinted at is that I think we're all learning that uh, 
charismatic leaders, small c, can be very influential, but can become quite dangerous people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by uh, Right Reverend Mike Hill. Uh, he's uh, the CEO of the Global Leadership Network of UK and Ireland. And we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Mike Hill. Mike is the CEO of Global Leadership Network UK and Ireland. We were talking before the break a little bit of his uh, time as uh, as bishop, both in uh, uh, Buckingham and in Bristol. And uh, and just before the break, uh, he introduced this idea that sometimes charismatic leaders could be dangerous. So we, we kind of left it hanging, uh, Mike. So just tell us yeah. a bit more about that. <laughs> yeah, I think that... Um you know, the, the danger for people who have, you know, personal charisma, which is a great thing in itself. You know, I'm not speaking against that. I'm just cautious. And sadly, I think history tells us that the moment somebody starts to self-identify themselves as some kind of celebrity is the moment that they start to believe that the normal rules don't apply to them anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've seen that in political life. Sadly, you know, we've seen it in church life. We've seen it in the world of the media. And um, I, I cannot remember who said this, but somebody said the moment somebody self-identifies as a celebrity is the moment they become a monster. Mm which is probably something of an overstatement, but, but the general kind of tenor of that quotation, I think, uh, feels intuitively true to us. Yeah, yeah, no, well, well said. Um, so and just to go back to the summit, it's, um, it, it recognises, as I said, that everyone has influence, but it also, um, although most of the speakers are professing Christians, they would very happily have input from folk who would not be believers as such um, uh, and, and that's the kind of you, your hope is that Global Leadership Network can can attract not just church leaders or leaders of charities or whatever Christians but also people from yeah. outside um, what you might call classic uh, church gatherings Sure yeah I mean certainly we would have an aspiration and you know, thinking forward, um, we'll be putting in place some plans uh, that might uh, broaden the base of the people who are exposed to this excellent teaching. Um, and uh, we have no problem with that because, you know, seriously, we want to encourage leaders at every level to kind of add the right kind of leadership so that the world that God loves can become a bigger and better place for all human flourishing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're very keen to see better leadership in organizations that have lost their way like Oxfam. Uh, I just briefly did some work with the NHS uh, a a few months ago, health sector, education sector, our fundamental belief is that if they can be, if these people can be humble enough to recognize that the Global Leadership Summit has a Christian basis and a 
having Christian aspirations, if they can be humble enough to accept that, they will learn a huge amount about how to be better leaders in the place that um, they work, you know, five days a week. So, yeah, we're very keen to do that. Having said that, this is not an easy assignment. Partly because one of the big differences between the U.S. and the U.K. is that I would say that culturally in the U.S.A. there are huge swathes of America where to be a Christian is okay. Yeah. There isn't the antipathy that you might get on the east and west coast of, of the states. But huge swathes of the states are very comfortable. So. For instance, at the American GLS, there's a big food company, which is called Chick-fil-A. Oh, yes, absolutely. And their kind of founder and executive chairman, I think he is, uh, actually makes it compulsory for his senior staff to attend. Yes. Now, I don't think you could do that in the UK. In fact, I fear that anybody who tried that in the UK might end up getting sacked. Well, it would certainly be a media storm, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, well, in the media, you know, you would have your, uh, you, you know, you realise that there are forces at work in the media which would really go out of their way to undermine the very thought of such a thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I hope that doesn't sound paranoid, but I just kind of recognise that to be, to be true. And, you know, we have observed people getting the bullet for uh, stuff that was certainly worthy of discipline but for somebody to lose their job is a pretty big uh, deal mm, mm. however that's not my point my point is it's a tough challenge here yeah to get across the idea uh, to quote ian hislop that uh you know they were questioning him once about uh why he backpedaled on his uh alleged Christianity, and he said he began to realize that being a Christian in the world in which he operated was just not cool. (laughs) And I think we kind of recognize that in some ways within our culture that, you know, Christianity gets the blame for a lot of things, capitalism, slavery, you know, everything that rightly we think are, you know, either essentially wrong or have gone wrong, you know, greedy capitalism and all that. Uh, we, you know, it's, it's, I just think Christianity has a different profile across great sways of the United States. So that's the first problem. The second problem is our key constituency has clearly been church leadership. And we, we feel and have some feedback that if we backpedal too much on our kind of Christian uh, credentials. That is, if we don't start with prayer and a time of worship, a lot of our church leaders feel this thing's just, you know, sailing towards some secular conference, and you know that undermines their willingness to to be there. So, having said, it's our aspiration to broaden uh, the base of our um, attendances at, at uh, GLSs. We are not underestimating the challenge that that is. Um, however, um, throughout my life, I've always relished a good challenge. So, you know, we'll give it the best shot we can. 
Fabulous. <laughs> well, um, I mean, we haven't got too much time, Mike, but just any, any sure. standout talks um, or interviews yeah, I mean, from, from the past? <clears throat> from, too many to mention if yeah. you wanted a couple. Uh, I can't remember his name. It's my age, I'm afraid. Mm. But I remember an Indian professor from Harvard who was talking about recruitment and basically gave us the data that showed that, you know, the usual way of going to recruit, which is one of your biggest levers for change in any organization, yeah. recruit, yeah? Yeah. Uh, is to go out and try and find a superstar and hire her or him uh, for the role. He says the data shows conclusively that really doesn't work and would only work if you could recruit the team from the last organization alongside them. Right. So well. I found that really helpful. No, sure. I remember that talk. It was very good, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, John Maxwell, a very simple thing. It's not that I've never not believed this, but the kind of leaders are readers thing. Mm. Uh, I've learned that uh, it helps me tremendously to take in as much as I can. And I was very interested. There's a thing on Netflix about Bill Gates and... Uh, he has a week away frequently where he just takes a big back of, bag of books with him and sits there and digests them. I have to say, in Bill Gates's case, books that would be beyond my comprehension. I mean, really difficult books he yes, takes away yeah. and, and studies them. So, yeah, that. And, um, I, I mean, I know, you know, Bill Heibel's name is... Um, you know, it's controversial at the moment, but I remember a talk from him, which is called Leadership 101, where basically said leadership is getting from here to there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And put so simply, it's really helpful, yeah. Yeah. So there's three, but there could be 53. No, well, thank, well, thank you. And as, as well, given that we're looking at books, um, Mike, any yeah. particular authors or writers that you've you found particularly helpful in the in your... Oh, again, you know, uh, yeah, I'm a avid reader. I mean, just to name a few, um, Christians would be Craig Rochelle, Rick Warren, uh, John Finney. Um, again, I, you know, I realize there's a certain amount of controversy around Bill as we uh, speak together, but, I, you know, his books have been very helpful to me in the past. Secular writers, Warren Bennis, Jim Collins, John Maxwell, Patrick Lencioni, people like that. Yeah. Uh, I once read a great book. I think the guy was called Stephen Spender. It was called The Contrarian Guide to Leadership. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I found that uh, mm. witty, intelligent, and very helpful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you listed John Maxwell as a secular, but of course he's a Christian as well, isn't he? So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Just, Sorry. Yeah. I, no, I that's fine. Have. Just, just I mean, in case. Just I in case we, I get yeah. letters. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous, Mike. Well, um, Time is time is defeating us, but how can listeners discover more about uh, Global Leadership I, Network I in their the, area? Yeah, Andy, honestly, the easiest way is just go to the GLN UK and Ireland yeah. website, and I think anything that you need to know, you'll probably find out there, Fabulous. not least about our conferences coming up. Indeed. So we're recording this um, in early October, but there will be... Um, very probably a conference coming close to your area in sort of late October or November. So um, that's, that's the place to go. Fabulous, Mike. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You've been listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Mike Hill. Just to say again, Mike,
Frank is the CEO of Global Leadership Network UK and Ireland, who run two-day uh, summits or conferences uh, around the UK and Ireland based on the August uh, a gathering that takes place at Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago. And um, it's great to have you along. Um, do check out the podcast online on Premier Radio or iTunes or uh, Podbean. And uh, may God help you as you seek to lead in his name. And as we close the words of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian Church, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. May God bless you as you lead. Goodbye. Thank you. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. 